Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What's your problem? What's the problem? Do you ever have anybody ask you one of those questions, or maybe you've asked someone a question like that? It can be done in sort of an accusing way. You're acting totally out of line, and someone says, what's your problem, man? Or it can be done in a genuinely caring way. Something's going wrong in your life. Hey, what's the problem? What do you got going? How can I help? What's the problem? We all got problems, right? Raise your hand if you got problems. All right. We all got problems. Some of those problems in our life are because we, we did something, and the result of that is we got a problem. Some of those problems come into our life of no fault of our own. Either way, we all got problems. And I was thinking about you the other day. And you know what your problem is? I think I know what your problem is. One of them, at least. Because it's one of the same problems I have. I'm going to get back to that in a moment. But first, I want to clear the air and admit to you publicly that I have problems in my life. In fact... The other day, I was over at the uh, relatively new flame broiler on Tustin Avenue over by what used to be Toy City. Who remembers Toy City? Yeah, come on now. Toy City. After I ate my $4.95 chicken bowl special for lunch, I left the building, turned to the right, I saw what used to be Toy City, and now it is Planet Fitness. I looked at it, walked over to my car, got into it, and well, you see, I, I have a problem. I'm not in shape. I know I'm a small, little, skinny guy, but I'm going to tell you, I am not in shape. I need to get in shape. I moved a metal desk. I'm talking one of those metal tanker desks that weigh like 500 pounds. I moved one of those desks this past week. And I was reminded that this body is no longer 20 years old. <laughs> I could have used a lot more power, a lot more strength in lifting that desk to get it in the back of the truck to get it into the house. And so I was sitting in my car outside of what used to be Toy City, looking over at Planet Fitness, and I got out of the car and I went and took a tour. I found out all the prices and all the options and everything they got for me there, and I thought to myself, maybe this gym would be better than the one I already belong to but never go to. Maybe I'm going to come to this one. Maybe this one will help me get in shape, get more strength, get more power for my life to lift desks and to tell you the truth, just to do the normal everyday living without injury. You know what I'm talking about. Could anybody else in the room here today use a little more strength, a little more power in their lives? Yeah? Most people, when you ask them that question, they're going to say yes. We all want more strength. We want more power. We want to get these bodies of ours into shape. It's a problem that most of us have because we should take care of these bodies of ours. But sometimes the problem goes the other way. Sometimes we listen to our culture too much and we take it too far and we can become tempted to idolize these bodies of ours. In fact, some people take it so far that they derive their entire identity around their body. My friends, that's a problem, too. 
There's a healthy balance there in the middle, but I think whatever the motives are, all of us, I think, would agree that we want more power, more strength in our lives. Now, the Apostle Paul is actually talking a little bit about that in the text from Ephesians today. He's talking about more power, more strength in our lives. And remember, this sermon series we're going through through the book of Ephesians is all about more power. Power is a big theme in Ephesians. The very first week, right after Easter, we talked about that power of the resurrected Lord, the same power that rose him is for us who believe. Last week, we talked about the power for peace. Jesus brought Jews and Gentiles together. His love and his sacrifice on the cross brought peace between two people groups that hated each other. Making peace with each other and making peace before God. And so Paul wrote Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. He said, consequently, he's writing to the Ephesians. They're Gentile Christians. He's a Jewish Christian. He's writing to them. He's saying, you are no longer foreigners. You're no longer strangers, but you are fellow citizens with God's people. But better than that, you are members of his household. You are family. That's the background of our text today and really Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. When he says in verse 14, he says, for this reason, this reason that we are family, that we are under God the Father. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. The Father from whom every family, not every institution, not every corporation, not every nonprofit organization, every family. We're a family, my friends. Every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And we have a good, good Father. He's Father to Jesus. He's Father to believers. He's Father to all humanity. He's drawing us all together. And from there, the Apostle Paul says in verse 16, he says, I pray. Let's just stop on those two words right there. I pray. I pray. What is your prayer life like lately? Now, speaking of problems, since we're honest before everyone this morning, it's possible that you might have the same problem I do, and I've got a problem when it comes to my prayer life. A lot of the things I pray about have to do with one person, me. I pray a lot about me too often. What do I pray about at night? What do I pray about in bed? What do I pray about when I get up in the middle of the night, when I go to bed, and when I get up in the morning, when I drive to work? What do I pray about when I'm at the doctor's office? What do I pray about when I'm in the hospital? What do I pray about? Now, if you were in prison, what do you think you'd be praying about if you were in prison, if you were in jail? I have a feeling that if I were in prison, if I were in jail, I'd be praying a, hot, a lot more about me and about my needs and God help me in this situation. But you say St. Paul, St. Paul was in prison when he wrote the letter to the Ephesians. And he's not praying for himself. He's not praying for his own needs. He's praying for the Ephesians. And he's ultimately praying for us here today. He's interceding for the Ephesians. He's interceding for believers in prayer. And we learn from St. Paul that he's not the importance of praying, not for ourselves, even when life is tough, but to pray for others. Verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, God may strengthen you. There it is, strengthen you with power. Strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now, society says that if you want power in your life, You've got to dig down deep and you've got to find it within. 
But St. Paul says, if you want real power, true power, you got to get that power from outside of you. And I think that we all actually understand that, right? Power comes from without us, right? These little things we have here, these iPhones, these Androids, right, ever? How many times do you plug this thing in per day? We plug it in the morning. We plug it in the car. We plug it in at work. We plug it in at home. We're plugging this thing in because we need power. Things need power. Appliances need power. This whole entire church is on the grid this morning. Our bodies need power. We feed them. We fuel them with food. We need power from outside of us. I was talking to my kids about this the other day, and we were talking about superheroes. Fourth graders, I might need your help. Yeah, this is the part where you pay attention. I'm just kidding. I know you've been listening. I know you've been listening. Superheroes get power from outside of them. And my daughter, you can't give the answers here, all right? But the power we're talking about when it comes to Superman, where does he get his power from? What's up? The sun. Good job, my man. That's right. He gets his power from the sun. How about the Hulk? Where does he get it from? Well, we got, we got an expert over here. <laughs> over here. Yes, Mo. That's all right. What do we got? Uh, gamma rays from an explosion that happened. Wow. <laughs> gamma rays from an explosion that happened. All right. I was going to go with atomic energy, but I like that. That's a little bit more specific. How about Spider-Man? Where does Spider-Man get his energy? Right there, my man. Right there. Yes. Whoever. A black widow. It was a radioactive spider, right? That's right. It was a widow. Radioactivity. Okay, everyone knows this. How about Luke Skywalker? The? The Force. Okay. How about Popeye? Oh, spinach. Here we go. They don't know. Same thing happened in my house. I asked my kids, and they're like, who's Popeye? Eat more spinach, kids. You need it. Not the kind in the can, the organic kind at the store. It's healthier. <laughs> All right, we digress a little bit. We're having a little fun. But the text today is talking about power. Not some superhero comic book fake power. But it's talking about God's power. Real power. God's power through the Holy Spirit, my friends, is huge, it's unfathomable, it's beyond anything that our minds can actually grab. We think of atomic bombs as human beings, and we think of power. But you know that in one second of the sun's energy, our sun's energy, in one second is equivalent is to two billion atomic bombs. God created that sun, and he created almost 400 billion suns in the entire universe. He created it in a word, my friends, that is power. Power to create. That is the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that is given to us through the Holy Spirit. Now, what power would you rather have for your life? The power that you've got to muster up on your own or the power of God in your life? And notice it's not a Fitness 19, Planet Fitness 24-hour, CrossFit, physical strength, power sort of thing. Apostle Paul is talking about power in your inner being. The inner being is the center of your personality, your thoughts, your will, your emotion. It's where lasting and enduring strength and power resides. I'm not making this up. St. Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, therefore, he says, we don't lose heart. 
Outwardly, we are wasting away. Anybody ever feel like that? Outwardly, we are wasting away. Year after year, decade after decade, disease and problems and physical maladies come into our life. Outwardly, we are wasting away, but Paul says inwardly, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. My friends, that is a mature view of things. I'm relatively young. I'm 43 years old, but this body cannot do what it used to do 25 years ago. But I'm telling you, the inner being that I have, the inner renewal I've had year after year, decade after decade from the power of the Holy Spirit, I have a different kind of strength and a different kind of power I have now than I did then. It's a righteous strength. It's a good power. And despite what the world says, the world worships the fountain of youth, but the word says, the older you get, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, you only get stronger and more powerful in the Lord. My last church up in Downey, California, there was a member there. Her name is Meg. And I went to visit her in the hospital, and I was young, and I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't know how to take care of anyone when they were about to die. And I went in to visit Meg, and she reached out and held my hand. She would die a few days later. Her hand was withering away. My young, strong hand was grabbed by her feeble hand. But I'm telling you, there was a lot of strength. There was a lot of power. She said, Pastor, how's church doing? Pastor, how's your wife doing? Pastor, how's your daughter doing? Pastor, how are you doing? This woman who is about to meet her maker, and though her body was wasting away inwardly, she had power and strength. St. Paul says in verse 17, he was praying for that kind of strength, praying that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. Meg had Christ dwelling in her heart as a permanent resident, not some temporary shelter. And when you live with someone that powerful, Jesus Christ, year after year, decade after decade, you become quite strong and quite powerful yourself, even though outwardly you're wasting away. St. Paul continues and says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, the love of God in Jesus Christ, it's the soil in which we are rooted, in which we grow. It's the foundation upon which we are built. He continues in verse 18, I pray that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, all the saints to grasp. There it is. He's praying that we have power to grasp, not some weight at the gym, not some rope to climb up. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ. My friends, this is a powerful prayer. So many times when we pray, we pray about our problems. And there's a place for that. We bring them to God. And even when we intercede on behalf of others, we're praying for their problems. We're always starting with the problem. But Paul, he sets a model for us here. Paul, he starts with the power. He prays that they would have the power, and it takes power from God through the Holy Spirit to grasp the love of God in Jesus Christ. Not to grasp success, not to grasp for your future, not to grasp your destiny, not to grasp a relationship or money or prestige. And we grasp for a lot of things, don't we? We hold on to so many things, and we think that they're going to define us, and we think that they're going to give us meaning. We think they're going to be the answer. 
Paul prays that we might grasp by the power of the Holy Spirit the wide, the long, the high, deep love of Christ. And he continues on, he's saying not only to grasp that love, but to know. And when he says know, he means experience in your whole being, just like you know your spouse or your children or your family members, year after year, you begin to know them. He says, I pray that you know this, surpa- this love that surpasses knowledge so that you'll be filled with the fullness of God. Not a cognitive ascent, not an academic exercise, but to experience in your complete being the love of God in Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is a powerful prayer. St. Paul is, you see, he's actually praying to combat a problem, but he's starting with the power. What's your problem? What's the problem? You see, the problem I have, and I think maybe some of you have this problem too. Here's what our problem is. Your God is too small. Our God is too small. And before you fire me for heresy, what I'm talking about is that the God that we have created in our minds. We've made him remote. We've made him disinterested. We've made him inept. We've made it so that he doesn't merit our contemplation, our meditation, our devotion, our obedience, our worship, because we've created him in our own image. We've made God to look like us with all of our imperfections, brokenness, impure motives, and all of that stuff. The Apostle Paul, he has a deep and powerful prayer for the Ephesians and for us. He's praying that we, by the power of the Spirit, would not grasp onto that, but that we would grasp and we would experience the overwhelming beyond knowledge, beyond our minds, beyond our imaginations, the profoundly mysterious, humbling, and radical love of God in Jesus Christ. And when we grasp that love, And when we experience God in that way, whose love is always more, whose strength is always more, whose existence is always more, whose power is always more, when we together grasp him, and the more that we experience, the fuller our life is, and we experience the full measure of God within us. Year after year, decade after decade, we realize that we are so much more than our problems. And our problems don't define us. God defines us. Our problems aren't the first and the last word. God is the first and the last word. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He demonstrated great strength and great power in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's love is wide. It's so wide as he spread out his arms and died on the cross for us. His love is long. He endured hour after hour on the cross. His love is so high, the cross is lifted up. His love is so deep, the nails were driven deep into his hands and to his side and the crown deep into his head, the spear deep into his side. That is powerful, strong, sacrificial love. Paul's praying that we would grasp it, that we would experience it. What's your problem? Paul would say, you don't have any problem at all. You have the power of the almighty creator, God, who raised Jesus from the dead, whose spirit lives within you. You are radically loved by God and his son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him... 
to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen? Amen. Amen.